Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To learn more about Believer's Church, where our mission is to lead broken people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, you can visit our website at believerschurch.tv. Listen in as Pastor Matt Smith brings this week's message. We'd like to welcome you to Believer's Church Online. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, We have some good news. We are in the process of trying to put together, the biblical leadership team is trying to put together when we are going to be able to return and be together. So we just want to let you guys know uh, that we will be updating you soon on when we're going to be having services again. We will be doing this in phases, and we're going to do this as safe and as precautious as we possibly can so that if you are able, you're healthy, and you're, you're um, able to come out and join us, we definitely want you uh, to do that. We're going to encourage and make it possible to have uh, people socially distanced and everything that we need to do so that we will be able to worship together again. All right, so there was a common phrase used uh, while I was growing up as it pertained to Christian evangelism. Now, some of you are going to be familiar with this phrase, which is actually a question, and some of you are not going to be familiar with this phrase, uh, which is okay. All right? But again, it's in the form of a question, and this question went something like this. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would spend eternity? All right? I'm going to say it again. If you were to die tonight, we heard this in church services, do you know where you would spend eternity? We are beginning a seven-week series today titled, Eternity is Now in Session. We will be discussing salvation, life in Christ, and what it means to get in the good place. The reason that I felt that it was very important to discuss this particular topic and to take seven weeks to do so is because I believe we have a lot of misconceptions about what heaven is, about what salvation is, and about the kind of life that we are supposed to live before actually going to this eternal destination. So questions like the one that I just mentioned, what they do is they actually form an ideology. And it's important that we understand this ideology with tremendous intimacy. Because what I believe that we've done, really since the periods of uh, uh, Christian fundamentalism over 100 years ago, is what we've done is we've turned the Christian faith into a fear relief mechanism. So there's a lot of fear about what's going to happen when we actually die, And then we feel relief when we make a certain kind of decision. So essentially what we've done is we've shrunk the idea of salvation down to going to heaven whenever we die. All right, now that's really important. And I'm not going to make the argument that that's not important. But what I am going to do is I'm going to spend the next seven weeks making the argument that there is so much more to this. And this so much more is really the essence of what life is about. Because the life that we live here and the way that we interact with people on a daily basis in our day-to-day life 
matters. The process of making the decisions that we make, the way that we manage our problems, the decisions we make about the way that we raise our children, all of these things are very important and they play into this idea that we're talking about whenever we talk about salvation and whenever we talk about eternity. So there is this uh, simple formula that many of us have been trained to follow. And you're going to be familiar with this formula. And this formula is, is primary part, uh, primarily part of your upbringing if you grew up in a conservative, Protestant, evangelical household. All right, this formula is going to seem very familiar. So if you grew up Catholic, if you grew up Orthodox, if you grew up mainline, your situation might have been just a little bit different. But for most of us who grew up in the Bible Belt in the South, uh, you're going to be familiar with what this, what this formula uh, looks like, okay? So, so here's how this starts out. If I die today, this hypothetical person that we're talking about, if I die today, I don't know what will happen to me. All right, maybe this is a 7- or an 8-year-old. Maybe this is a 50-year-old who happens to, to walk into a church. But if I die tonight, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So what this does naturally is it causes a fear within. All right, we then make the decision to pray a short prayer, and often this is followed by baptism. So we've checked off a prayer, We've checked off baptism, and then we kind of go throughout our lives, and maybe there's a little bit of a change at first, but then we kind of go back to our lives the way that our lives were. Maybe occasionally we attend church. Maybe we pray on a somewhat or, or somewhat irregular basis. Uh, maybe we try to be a really good person. Maybe occasionally we give to charity or give to the church or something like that. But the reality is that life is still about me. All right, the, the concept or the idea of death to self never really happens. This transformation and this transition that we are supposed to experience never really happens. All right, so we start with the fear we say a short prayer, maybe we even get dunked under the water and we go through baptism, but then our lives continue the same way that they were. So after this special prayer, we then go on living our lives expecting one day to go to heaven. Now some of you are very familiar with this script. You're very familiar with this formula. And the reason that you're so familiar with this script or with this formula is because you're living it, and you've lived it for a very long period of time. Now, this could be people that go to Believer's Church on a regular basis. This could be people that are listening from other churches, or this could just be the person that, that, that did this a long time ago, that said this, said this prayer, maybe got baptized, never, never really got involved in some kind of deep way, but they assume that they are going to go to heaven one day whenever they die. Now, here is the argument, the primary argument that I'm going to make over the next seven weeks. And you're going to hear this several times. You're going to hear me mention this several times. 
It's not about you getting into heaven. Instead, it's about heaven getting into you. All right? It's about bringing up there, down here, into the here and now, into your life. It's about bringing the kingdom of God to earth here. And you see, this is something that a lot of people aren't talking about. This is something that a lot of churches don't talk about. As long as we can get people to come down the aisle and go to the altar, as long as we can dunk them in the baptismal waters, this is what we're deeply concerned about. But this idea of growing in a relationship with Jesus actually turns out to be a pretty foreign concept. So Dallas Willard, the Christian philosopher, one of my biggest influences, he says, eternity is now in session. So prior to the passage that we're going to look at today, and if you want to turn in your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5, if you want to go ahead and turn there. But prior to our passage this morning, Jesus is, uh, today, Jesus has given the disciples some really tough news. Okay, Jesus has told the disciples that he is going away, but that he will see them again. He is leaving the Holy Spirit, this advocate, this counselor, this friend. They are going to have the Holy Spirit there, but he is leaving, all right, through the crucifixion and then eventually the resurrection. And he opens up John 17 with a prayer that we often refer to as the high priestly prayer or the farewell prayer. And we're just going to read uh, the beginning of this prayer today, John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. And what this is going to do is it's going to help us define eternity. And that's the primary thing that we want to do today, is we want to define eternity. Because again, we are completely, we're in the process right now of completely reframing an ideology to make sure we have a strong and concrete uh, biblical understanding of what this looks like. All right, so John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. This is what the Bible says. When Jesus finished saying these things, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. You gave him authority over everyone so that he could give eternal life. Again, there it is, eternal life to everyone you gave him. This is eternal life. So right here, Jesus has given us this definition. This is eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I shared with you before the world was created. Now, there are many different directions that we can actually take this passage. There there are a million sermons that could actually be preached uh, from this, that could be taught from this. But what I want us to focus on is this question right here and the answer that we receive in verse 3. So the question I have for you is this, what is eternal life? People talk about eternal life all the time. What does it mean? What does this language mean whenever you hear it in the church? What is eternal life? All right, we see in verse 3, this is eternal life, to know you, 
the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. So eternal life is knowing God and following Jesus. That's what eternal life is. Notice, this passage doesn't say, this is eternal life, to go to heaven when you die. This is eternal life, to make sure you prayed that prayer the right way. This is eternal life, to make sure at some point in your life you were baptized. No, eternal life specifically, as defined by Jesus, is knowing God and understanding what it means to be a disciple or an apprentice of Jesus in this life, in the current here and now. So the key to salvation and eternal life is knowing God through Jesus. And this is a reality that manifests itself and actually starts here, not when we die. This creates an amazing, adventurous life. It creates an opportunity for us to live through the difficulty of our pain, through the difficulty of our sorrows, through all of the things that we don't understand and to find something deeper within us that comes through a relationship with God. And if we're going to be very honest, the majority of the people in this world and most of the people that are in the church have absolutely no idea what this actually means. So when we die, it is simply a continuation with new features but a continuation of the beauty of a relationship that had to start here. So again, this is salvation for so many people. When you talk to them in church, what does salvation mean to you? What does it mean to be saved? When they use this language, this is what they think it is. Going to heaven when you die and avoiding hell. That's what a lot of people are going to tell you. And simply knowing the answer to this is all there is. So if we can check off the box that we prayed that prayer, if we can say that we've been baptized, or maybe if you grew up in another denomination, um, it's confirmation, you went through the process of confirmation, that's all there is. And this simply is not true. I want you to listen to this part right here very closely. If a person willingly enjoys sin... Or if a person willingly enjoys their own direction, being able to be an autonomous creature that makes their own decisions about their career, about their life, without ever really laying it down. If the presence of God seems boring or uneventful, heaven is not for you. Because heaven would be a miserable place. If your view of heaven is simply streets of gold and pearly gates, if your view of heaven is, is seeing your mom or your brother or your child or your friend that has went on and has absolutely nothing to do with the worship that you began here, the process of following Jesus here in this place, 
then heaven is not going to be a very good place for you. So what I want to do for just a few minutes is I want to quickly examine two concepts from verse 3. We've already discussed them, but go just a little bit deeper with two concepts in verse 3 that I think will be very, very important uh, for us to discuss today. The first is this, going just a little bit deeper into the meaning of eternal life and also closely looking at the implications of this word, no, K-N-O-W. What does it really mean? All right, so first, eternal life. Again, we often view eternal life as something that begins in the future. An example looks like this. I'm alive in the here and now, and when I die, I will live forever with God, and that is when eternal life begins, in that moment. Again, we're making the argument that eternity is now in session. When fellowship with Christ begins, at that moment of conversion, eternity begins. And some of you that are, that are listening to this right now, and you know what I'm talking about whenever I say this, you're already in the early stages of heaven. And what I mean by that is you are enjoying life on a certain level, even in your suffering, even in your problems, even in your difficulty, you know that your relationship with God is so strong that whenever you go to heaven, it is only going to be a continuation of what you experienced here. And this is the desire, and this is the hope for my life, that heaven doesn't seem, obviously there are going to be new features, right, a new body, all right, a, a sinless nature, no more hurt, no more sorrow, all right? We know those are features of heaven. But what if we lived so close to God in this world? What if bringing the kingdom of God to earth was so critical for us that when we died, we were simply stepping into a continuation of what we began here for some people as long as 30 years ago, 40 or 50 years ago, or maybe just even six months ago. This is what eternity actually looks like. All right, so eternal life for the Christian is primarily about one thing, and that one thing is this. The kingdom of God breaking through this world, here, earth, and occupying your world, occupying everything that is within you, because let's be honest, there are people in society everywhere, there are people in our churches every single week, not right now, but usually every single week, that if you ask them, are you going to heaven when you die? Yes, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. I definitely prayed that prayer. I, I definitely made that decision. But the kingdom of God has not invaded them within. So when I use this expression, when I say the kingdom of God breaking through in the world, what is it that I'm talking about specifically? What is it that I mean? This is what I mean. When you love your enemy... The kingdom of God is breaking through. Whenever you make the decision to take that coworker, that family member that you don't get along with, that ex that you absolutely cannot stand, and you know that you're going to go through the process of forgiving, as difficult as that is, you know that Christ commanded you to do that. And you make the decision, I have to forgive. I have to forgive because it is driving me crazy, because I am a child of God. I have already began 
this process of eternal life, this is a decision that I must make. I've got to make my heart right with this person. The kingdom of God is breaking through. When you feed or you clothe the poor, the same way that Jesus commanded, the kingdom of God is breaking through. When you walk away from gossip, people in the church are gossiping. They're talking about the pastor. They're talking about something in the, somebody in the worship band. They're talking about somebody in the lobby, whatever that looks like. And you make the decision, I'm going to walk away from that, and I am going to step into unity with my brothers and sisters, arms locked. The kingdom of God is breaking through. When you take a stand against societal justice, like, like the conversation of racism, the kingdom of God is breaking through. When you walk beside that person that is hurting, you may not even know that person, but you know that they are struggling. They have nothing in common with you. They don't look like you. You're, they're from a different socioeconomic status. When you make the decision, I am going to step away from my life and myself, and I am going to walk beside that hurting person, the kingdom of God is breaking through. Again, it's not about you getting into heaven. It's about heaven instead getting into you. We are called to live in a radical alternative community that makes this world look like a completely different place. And that doesn't simply mean so-and-so, will you go to church with me? So-and-so, will you consider going to church with me? It's more than that. It's a way that we live our lives that demonstrates something different. And the issue is that a lot of churches are not talking about this because if you will just walk down the aisle, if you'll just sign a card, if you'll just get dunked so we can talk about how many people we baptized, that for them is it. But we are talking about bringing the presence of God here into this time and into this place. So what about this word, this word know? All right, we said that eternal life is about knowing God through Jesus. That's what verse 3 tells us, okay? So to know in Greek means to know absolutely. And the issue that we have that we're also familiar with is that the majority of people, if you ask them, if you really start to talk, about an intimate relationship with God, if you really start to talk about this closeness, if you really start to talk about what this looks like, they can tell you a lot about God. They can, they can pass on information that they've heard from their grandparents or that they've heard from their pastor or that they heard maybe years ago from a Sunday school teacher or even something that they hear within culture or the media. They can tell you a lot about God. But that is so different from what it means to actually know God. My youngest daughter will come to me late at night, every single night. She wants a snack, and she wants a drink. And the reason that she always comes to me is because she knows her mom's already asleep and that her mom's not going to be able to get up and get that for her. When my oldest daughter was a little bit younger, if she was scared at night, she knew to come to me because she knew I would walk around the house, I'd look in her closet, I might you know, stick my head out the window or out the door to, to, to make sure and, and, and give her some assurance that nothing was there. Now, when my kids want money, they know to go to my wife. Because that's where they're going to get money first. 
All right? It's to know absolutely. So the question I have for you, do you really know the character of God? Have you been in those moments of your life of extreme difficulty and the character of God has been so real and so intimate that you've made the decision there is no way I could ever depart from this God. I understand. I have felt the presence of God. I have felt the love of God. What I'm trying to tell you today is that this is the early stages of heaven. This is the early stages of eternity. And if this depth is not in your life, if this growth is not in your life, if this is something that you are not pursuing, heaven is going to be a miserable place for you. Now, I'm, I'm doing this series for a reason. I'm doing this series because I really want us at Believer's Church, as we come back, to get started out on the right foot. And I want to make sure, and we have seven weeks to talk about this stuff. We have seven weeks to talk about what eternity looks like and what it really authentically, truly means to follow Jesus in this life as preparation for the next life. Because people have asked me before, you know, what do you think, what do you think heaven looks like? When, when John talks about in Revelation with pearly gates and streets of gold and a mansion and, and, and all these things, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I do not have a lot of interest in those kinds of things. Because to me, not taking anything away from truth, but in those kinds of material things, to me, when I envision heaven, I see myself walking alongside Jesus. The same way that the disciples had the opportunity to do in the first century. And if eternity could feel like one day of getting to walk with Jesus and hear him speak and watch him heal and ask him questions and to feel that, that knowledge and that wisdom intimately, that's all I need. It's really all I need because I have that here without being able to see him physically. So if stepping into that next dimension just brings me closer to the Son of God, that will always be enough for me. But the, but the reason that I'm doing this series, and I want you to, to please hear this very carefully, I believe that people who see heaven as a far-off place that are detached from the idea of heaven and eternity being here through knowing God in an intimate relationship, I believe they are going to be very disappointed one day. And I believe that is going to be a very unbelievably difficult day. Heaven where eternal life is about being with Jesus forever, starting now. 
So what we want to do over the course of the next seven weeks is we want to reframe a broken ideology. And you may say, well, well, Matt, this is the way I've always been taught this. I've always been told that this is what there is, and we're just supposed to wait to go to heaven. What we are going to do is we are going to examine very, very closely what the Bible says about this over the next few weeks. And there may be some of you that are listening today, and you're already struggling with this because, because you recognize and you know that that script or that formula that we mentioned earlier is what you're living by because you're looking at going to heaven simply by doing a rewind, a backtrack in your mind about a day 25 years ago or six or seven years ago or maybe even a few months ago in which there has been no change in your life whatsoever. And whenever we talk about a relationship with God and what this intimacy actually looks like, you'd be honest enough to say there is no real intimacy. I might pray occasionally before I go to bed. I might pray a little bit. This fear of going back to who I used to be, it simply does not exist. And I'm a firm believer that the only way that eternity can begin today for you, the only way that we can really step in to this new place is when we completely come to the end of ourselves. And when we recognize we, we've exhausted all of our resources and we're depleted of all of our resources and we recognize I have tried and I have tried and I've tried. And I'm at the point now where I am willing and ready to turn everything over to his concern and to his care. Because Jesus died for the sins of all people. And that includes you. That includes each individual that is listening today. So if you need to reach out to me, I'll extend the same offer uh, that I did last week. Uh, you can reach out to me on, on Facebook. My name is Matt Smith. I'm pretty easy to look up. But maybe you still just have questions, and you're wrestling. And I don't believe that you need to rush anything, because sometimes when we rush things, it's just out of emotion, and there's never any real change. So what I want to encourage you to do is to make the commitment to join us for the next six weeks as we finish this series and introduce you to the best life that the world has ever known. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today thanking you for eternal life. We come to you thanking you for sending your Son and God, as we are often misinformed, and as we often misunderstand, we can be guilty of carrying down more tradition than actual teaching. Father, open our hearts and open our eyes freshly 
to what it means to love you and to follow you. Father, if there are those that are hungry, if there are those in need, if there are those that we need to forgive, if there are those that we need to walk alongside of, reveal that to us so that the kingdom of God can break through this world and Believer's Church can be a great representation of what that looks like. We'll pray these things in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit our Believer's Church Facebook page or our website at believerschurch.tv. If you enjoyed this message, please make sure to subscribe and join us next week as we continue our mission to lead broken people to become fully devoted followers of Christ.